It's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk a little about that which we love, corporate America. Our podcast is a discussion about the real insanity from cubicles in the workplace, from leadership and leaders to experiences with life in the cubicles. Let's get into our latest cubicle insanity. Kim, you want to give us an intro? Sounds good. Thanks, Tammy. Yeah, so I thought tonight we'd talk about a little bit about um, people leader expectations and what it means to lead people and what are those expectations. Um, you know, if you think about it, when you have career discussions with people, people say, oh, you know, hey, I want to be a manager. And you ask a little bit further, what does that mean? And they say, well, I want to lead people. Oh, that's two different things, isn't it? Right, exactly. So tonight I thought we would explore a little bit about leading people. Um, and when I think about that, one of the fundamentals to leading people is to inspire them. True. Right? So think about really bad leaders. Genghis Khan, Hitler, Jim Jones. Those of you in the younger group, you may not know who Jim Jones is. Google it. And then there's really good leaders, or that people think of as really good leaders. Martin Luther King, Pete Frades for the Ice Bucket Challenge, JFK. So when I think about the inspiration, both good leaders and bad leaders, I think they had a common, there, there's a common thread. And the common thread is, is that they had a mission. They had a vision. They articulated it clearly. It was understood they were credible and people trusted them. Now you might argue that the bad leaders were credible, but to their followers, they were credible. Yeah. Almost like in that case, the trust was built on brainwashing. Right. Right. So let's kind of get into a little bit further. Timmy, how many times have you sat in a meeting at, at a senior level, discussed a topic you know, there's been all kinds of discussions and then a decision was made of some sort, a realignment organizationally, a new policy, whatever it might be. And then you go out of that meeting, there's this big, broad communication that comes out and then, then madness ensues, madness ensues, the insanity <laughs> begins. Exactly. That I, I have uh, been part of that and felt that many times. Sometimes the, the pre-work, that meeting or meetings, sometimes you sit in that room going, why are, why are these people in this meeting? Or obviously this other group of people, they should be included in this. Why are they not here? And so it's almost like that. Uh, what decision are we making today? Hasn't really been thought through by whoever's gathered the people together. So maybe there's some extras involved who add confusion sometimes because they too are trying to figure out why am I here? So they start talking nonsense and everyone's like, yeah. that, well, that's not even related. Why are you talking about that? And then missing other people where they would, you get to a point point, you're like, well, oh, well, if only so-and-so was here, we could get that input right here. So it is, it's a little bit of craziness leading up to sometimes getting those big messages out. Yeah. And then afterwards, you know, what happens. And I can think of one time specifically where I, it was actually handled really well. And the, it was, this particular example I can think of, it was a reduction in force. So it was, you know, affecting uh, many parts of the business. And so there had been 
recurring meetings. I, I honestly, I think we were meeting maybe two times a week through the planning process so that those messages for those impacted, for the groups impacted, for all employees, everything was thought through very carefully. And, you know, not that you can think of every detail at that moment, but it was, that was the goal. Let's meet frequently. Let's get the right people together. So we're sort of making sure we're covering all perspectives. So when, when this reduction in force had to happen and the communications, it was well choreographed. At this time, here's the point person. They're going to be keeping track of this. As soon as, you know, we hear from this person, this communication will go out. Then we're going to send this communication out. And it was done beautifully, but you can't. But reorganizations, when people are being impacted, lots of fear and and things come up. So there's some unknown that's going to happen. But those meetings continued. It was already planned. So, you know, I think it was maybe two hours after that communication went out there was a meeting of, you know, again, let's recap. What have we heard so far? How did it go? And and it was ongoing like that. So not that there still wasn't some loss of productivity due to whatever that message was, but at least it was planned for and expected something's going to happen. So let's continue to keep all the right people involved. And so I think overall, employees felt like it was handled in a thoughtful and caring manner. I have also been in situations where a communication has gone out and mainly, like you said, something about a policy change. It was something related to something like that and up in arms, you know, people are crazed that this is happening. How can you take this away? What, what is going on here? And instead of being thoughtful about handling the follow-up, it all became, oh, well, you know what? Tell that person, go, everyone go to that person, that person. And the person that was selected was not necessarily directly involved. So it became an awkward sort of follow-up type of thing. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure you've you've probably got even more stories. Yeah. And I, it, as you were talking, it was making me think about a recent example where myself, uh, I'm guilty as charged, um, <laughs> sent out a communication. And I had been in the meetings. We had been discussing and we have been, you know, so I knew all the details. And then when I wrote up the communications, what I thought was clear yep. wasn't clear to the employees. And I got, you know, just a gazillion emails. Well, what about this? And deep, 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 and all this other, you know, just, and I was like, I thought it was clear. And then when I went back and reread my message out, I put myself in the shoes of the receiver, the receiver, and I didn't do that when I wrote it. And so, you know, the thing that it, I thought it was crystal clear there was, but it was disconnected. And what I didn't do is articulate the mission or the vision of what we were trying to do. Right. That's a good point. The, it's not that this is just some random thing I pulled out of my hat today and we're going to make this change for, for no good and valid reason. Yeah. But you may be impacted by this, but overall, here's sort of that yeah. reason. And I didn't provide real clear context because the context that I lacked was in the details that I didn't put in that were in my head from being in all the meetings and knowing all the discussions. I just kind of put the high level, you know, bullet points out and I thought, oh, you know, that, that kind of covers it. Yeah. I didn't think about the context of the reader yeah. and who was going to be receiving it and did I have enough context. 
it goes back to stating the obvious. Sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't have to say that because it's so obvious. But if you state the obvious, then everybody is yeah. on the same page. You're right. I didn't think about stating the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I think that happens. And the more employees that are, or group, whatever, you know, that are being hit up with this message, they interpret it all very personally. Yeah. So now you have all these personal viewpoints coming in. So you do have to say, and every put every word in of, of what yeah. you mean. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you lose credibility then if you don't. Yeah. I, I, I think that leaders also, so we're talking about that, that whole context and putting the mission and being thoughtful about these decisions and the communications around them. And I think there's a, a level of ownership that they need to also take. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. It, 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 it goes throughout whoever's delivering that message. And sometimes that, you know, there are direct reports or, you know, line managers that sort of have to take that on for them. But I think, again, that group or that person making that decision also has to take the, the ownership of it yeah. and back it up. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. I, I think if, if you don't, you lose the credibility, right? Yeah. And credibility uh, can be ruined quickly. So let me, let me pose a question to you, Kim. Uh, have you ever been part of a group where the boss, you know, goes to a person um, and, and or to the team and is delivering something and everybody watching just rolls their eyes? Like, what in the world? So obviously everybody else sees this happening and, and they know it's happening. So to your point of credibility, when you see the eye roll, Kim, it's not good. Has that happened to you? It has, I, you know, you're right. I've been where the boss has said to a person like, hey, I need you to go do X or to in a team meeting, like we're going to go do blah, blah, blah. And there's always typically somebody that chimes in and just starts talking. Or in a team meeting, like somebody will ask the question out to some the, the group and then they just start talking. And it's slightly on point of the topic, but... They just ramble. Yeah. And you're just sitting there going, okay, what, what, what are they talking about? What are they, what's their, what are they trying to get us to do? And as they begin to talk and okay, sometimes we all get distracted and kind of get off topic and we bird walk a little bit. I've been knowing to do that <laughs> as well, but they just, when you see it repeatedly time after time, the same people in the same media doing the same type of behavior, to me, those aren't credible folks. Right. They're exhausting. They are exhausting. And the same way with a boss that comes up and says, oh, I need you to go do X. And you know, X isn't possible for one person. You're like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it my best. And when you go back to the boss and say, hey, I need some help with this, that, or the other. And they're like, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to do that now. Oh, yeah, we, we changed our mind two weeks ago. Why are you still working on that? Another big eye roll. Like, yeah, seriously. Like, and when you see that happen repeatedly, I don't know how credible you are as a leader to the employees. Yeah, I I completely agree. Plus, I think there's the not only with the person that 
you know, has just received this information that they're like, what kind of joke are you or what kind of joke do you think I am? But then the people who are watching that, if they see the eye roll or maybe like the little head shake with the smirk, now because of that interaction, credibility is being lost to the other teammates, to the other group right. members that are watching this happen. Yeah. Because it's one of those situations where everybody knows what's happening. And then now you have this leader where it's tougher than to pull that group back together to, you know, go down the same path and achieve a goal together. When you have this leader where you're like, I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll listen, maybe, you know, and it's human nature. I don't think anyone wants to be like, well, I'm not going to listen to this leader, but it happens where we're like, well, you know who said that. Yeah. Do you find that you can, can, can kind of instantly figure out who's credible and who isn't? That is an excellent question. I would like to say yes, but I'm saying no. Because I feel like I have been bamboozled at times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can I can think of this leader that I worked with. I did not work for him. I, I, I worked with him and came in real strong, very knowledgeable, and actually did, had actions to back up, you know, what they were saying and, and all that. So it was like, oh, wow, this part, great. And then you start hearing from the people who work for that person and maybe work a little bit closer and maybe some of the funny business that's going on. So in that situation, it was sort of my proximity to that person was far enough away where they appeared credible. But once hearing what was actually happening sort of within, you know, their four mm -hmm. walls, they necessarily were not that same person that I thought they were. Yeah. Um, let me poke on that a little bit. Did you, so you trusted what others were telling you or were you witness to both? Okay. Both. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and, and that could be as well that they were, they were credible uh, at a certain level and, and what they said and what they did. But, you know, it could go to, are they taking credit for maybe something that somebody else is doing? Mm. Are they taking somebody else's idea? So this person thought, oh, given our situation, you know, this, you know, to the first point we made, this is the communication that we should have. Yeah. So they come off very credible and, you know, intelligent, knowing what they're doing, but digging a little deeper and getting a little yeah. bit closer. It may not be that person. So taking credit for somebody else's work. We just dis we discussed that in uh the book 21 yes. Irrefutable Laws. Yes. Law number 5, right? Oh my gosh. Uh, is this a quiz? Are we uh <laughs> I passed the book report. I'm going to fail the quiz. <laughs> so going back to, you know, I asked the question like, you know, did you trust the people that work for this other person or did you observe it yourself directly? So do you are you a person who gives trust directly or do you, do they have to earn your trust? I give it every time. Really? Yes. When I meet somebody, um, I think I go into meeting people thinking this is a good person. I'm going to trust them. I'm, you know, happy to work with them. 
you know, et cetera. All very, all very positive thinking we're, you know, shooting for the same end game. Yeah. I've been burned. So even though I have, I, I don't feel like I've changed. I mean, there might be a few times where uh, there's... Oh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Little, maybe like little signals that go off, little red sure. flags that go up in maybe that first encounter where mm-hmm. sure I go in thinking, sure, I'm going to trust you. And then a few things happen, a few things are said and I might leave that questioning it, mm-hmm. but overall I still give it even though I, yeah, I have been burned. You? So I'm the same. I give trust automatically and you have to lose my trust um, because I think, Everybody goes into it with, with, my thinking is everybody has positive intent. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. Right. Um, but I think about this one group that I supported. And I was new to the HR um, team. And they told me upon interviewing, like, nobody trusts HR. And I'm thinking, okay, do I really want this job? Right. But I thought, hmm, that's a pretty nice challenge. But I'm thinking that's kind of weird that nobody trusts HR. Yeah, what because, happened? Right, HR should be the the safe place. Should be. Should be. You know, not everybody is does that. Um, but let, let me let me kind of set the situation for you. So I I um where I sat, I had I did take the job. Sitting in the office building, I sat along the main aisle of the building. And my client group sat outside, uh, across the hall, and and kind of diagonal from where I was. But I could kind of see some of them from where I sat. And I noticed, like, nobody ever walked, none of my client groups ever walked by my office. And I thought, well, that was kind of strange. You know, they're avoiding I'm, you. I mean, my first week, you know, I'm like, okay, hey, you know, they're just trying to, you know, see who this person is, so forth and so on. I'm like, okay. So I see this go on, you know, and other times when I've been in the hallway, I'd see him like walk around the back side of their cube, you know, back down the back aisle and all the way around, like almost the building to not go in front of my office. <laughs> They're trying to get more steps in, Kim. It was, it was a wellness program. <laughs> what the hell? Um, so one day I decided, okay, after about 30 days in and watching this behavior, I'm like, okay, they really don't trust HR. I got to fix this. So I went out to one person's cube and I was like, hey, how's it going? And, and their was, eyes bulged. Yeah. I mean, they were like, you know, just total like, oh, crap, HR's here. It's eight o'clock in the morning. Why are they here at my desk? What's going on? And you see, like, um, What's that one game like the whack-a-moles? Oh, like yeah. the, the little heads popping the, the, up. <laughs> their heads are starting to pop up out of the cubicles. You know, like and then all of a sudden you hear a tick, 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 click, 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 click. Everybody's like tapping away on their um keyboards. Their instant their messaging. Inst- is, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm like kind of clueless to this whole thing because I'm I'm talking to this employee, I'm like, hey, I heard you just got back from, you know, such and such trip and how did it go? I heard that the overall results of the trip were great, but you know, how did you know what what part did you have involved in and you know what 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 is your assessment of the trip and so forth and and the next thing I know this group of employees their manager is like standing right next to me what's going on everything okay what 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 why are you out of your I mean they were just like like frazzled and panicked like why is 
HR. And I'm like, I just, you know, wanted to talk to some of the folks and see what was going on and just say hello. And I heard one of them got back from a trip that's on your team. And I heard things went well. So that's all. And they were, they were like, oh, well, HR's never done that before. And so it was the strangest thing. I, I kept doing it for a while and started building the rapport and, and talking to the employees. And Tammy, it was interesting because after a while, I didn't have to get up out of my desk and go talk to anybody. They were now walking down the main aisle, sticking their head in to me going, hey, what's going on? How's it going? And so... Over the course of time, this particular group learned to trust HR. Yeah. And it and it's just interesting because, you know, when I told them I was going to do something, I did it. So it's that say-do ratio. And when I left that group, supporting that group, it, it was kind of interesting how they received their new HR. They kind of, they gave them half trust. They didn't fully trust them. But unfortunately, they, they, which is sad, because they didn't give them the full trust. And I think it kind of soured their relationship a little bit, just sitting back. Yeah. But um, at least they improved. And I was happy to see that. But then, you know, they got another HR, and they love that HR person now, and all is good. So it was um, an interesting transformation to, to see a group learn to trust. Yeah. I And, you know, in... Different teams and in different cultures, trust is not always readily available and readily given because of history. And, you know, sometimes it's what has happened because of particular people in maybe an HR or leadership role. So I have also been part of those groups. I've been part of the group that didn't trust. Like, as you're telling the story, yes. Mm -hmm. What happened? It, It was a similar thing. That, you know, we had this new uh, leader brought into the group and the the one that had been there prior was one of those that was not clear. So you gave, you know, the example of, oh, well, oh, you're still working on it. We're not doing that anymore. We, we've, we've moved on. One of those kinds of things. And you're like, well, wait a minute. No, I mean, you told me this was important. I've been working on it. Why didn't you tell me to stop? Or, you know, they would start different initiatives and wouldn't involve the right people and so you'd hear about something, you know, second or third hand, and you're like, well, I'm not involved in that, so I don't know what's happening, and clearly you need me to be helping. And so just all of that, not being just forthright, you know, we talked about the context, setting the context for everybody mm-hmm. and, and what's going to happen. So then when we had this new person, who so that person leaves, we get a new leader in. It was hard to just give... A hundred percent trust. So like you were talking about the half trust, there was maybe half trust. Like, okay, I want this to work because I don't, I don't want it to be a repeat of the last situation. So I'll give half, mm-hmm. but it was so miserable before that I can't give you all of it, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to go in thinking that this is going to work out for all of us. Yeah. Do you ever get mad at yourself when you've trusted and then you get burned? Oh, every time. And do you ever say to yourself, I'm not going to do that anymore? Yes. It's like that, you know, Saturday you wake up with the hangover. Oh, <laughs> I'm not drinking like that again. No, but I do it. Uh, I 
I do try to be aware. Like I said, sometimes, you know, there's the, the red flags. I do try to be aware uh, every, like, as I, every, you know, every day I go to work, I try to be aware of those things. And if I feel like I'm in a situation that maybe I can't trust the person that I am working yeah. with, you know, like just to be aware of that and make sure that I'm doing. So you said you earn trust because you said that you would do something and you actually followed through on it, yeah. that you actually got to know the people and showed that, that you cared and you'd be there for them. So I try to make sure I'm doing all those right things so yeah. that people can trust me. And I don't want it to be a situation of maybe they were questioning me in that, but I no, I get burned and I still do it. Yeah. I, I've been burned as well. And I don't think it's because of being naive. I think oh. it's because I've thought about that. And I'm like, am I just being naive when I get burned? And then I try to reflect back on it and I'm like, you know, self-assessment is always a hundred percent correct, right? <laughs> but, you know, I walk back through and I'm like, okay, what did I do differently? What, you know, blah. And I kind of go through that analysis and where I have been burned, I would say, is it's been because I didn't understand somebody else's culture. Oh, okay. Or I... I or I didn't listen to what they were asking for and they did something opposite. Yes. And I can see that. That might have happened to me. I, I guess I usually feel maybe my self-assessment is too brief. I feel that it is, I have been naive and I missed, you know, this, yeah. something. You know, I, I can even think of a person that I hired one time. And I, I mean... They were my top candidate. Like, I felt like I sold them to the interview team. Like, yes. And in that situation, and and so since that one, you know, I, I try to go, well, okay, I, I got I, maybe a little baby burn, maybe a full-on burn. Yeah. But what, what did it do? And in that situation, I don't think that we were on the same page for what do we want to accomplish. And so... They took it upon themselves. They took their own authority to decide what that was going to be, which was mm -hmm. not what I thought we were doing. So maybe there was a, I could have been a little bit more clear. Maybe, sure, there's things I could have done. But honestly, I think there are just those people who they are going to do what they are going to do, whether that makes you trust them or not. Is it because they don't have positive intent? Well, they have positive intent for themselves. Yeah. So. True. Okay. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, we've kind of hit some of the highlights of leading people, being a people leader. Should we state the obvious? Yeah. Well, we learned from your example. It's always a good idea. Let's state the obvious. We talked uh, about the, about communicating the context, the mission, the vision, and the, the perception of that. So you were talking about the people who are reading it and making sure that you're, you're being clear from their perspective and how, and how they're interpreting that message. So uh, being clear about the context and, and that, that message. Care about your people. We talked, so I'm, we talked about credibility and trust. I'm going to kind of merge those two. I think sometimes they, they lend to each other. So care about your people. 
do what you say you're going to do. Uh, do all of those good things and expect them from the people that you work with as well. So leaders change culture. They change people's lives. So Kim, I think a good question to leave here with is, what are you doing from your cubicle to lead the culture change and the people's lives to make it better? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the discussion, Tammy. Uh, thank you for listening to all of our listeners. Special thanks to our active military and our veterans. And also thanks to our sponsors. If only we had some. Again, we're getting close. Tammy, news alert. I think we might have a sponsor. Oh, my gosh. Stay tuned. We'll this be is exciting big news. Yeah. So, so stay tuned for our next episode of Cubicle Insanity.